Before we start the podcast, I got to tell you about the next Niagara Moon show that's coming up. Saturday, July 8th, 7 p.m. at the Stoneway Cafe in Wallingford. It won't be the full band this time around, but I'll be there playing keys and singing tunes, along with some other people contributing throughout the set. Uh, Opening for us will be Craig Marker, a great Americana songwriter who I had on for episode 16, followed by eclectic indie hip-hop act History of Time, It's free admission, all ages, the cafe serves delicious food, what's not to like? Again, that's 7 p.m. July 8th at the Stoneway Cafe. If you live in Seattle and want to hear some cool original music, come hang out. You're listening to Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. As for myself, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. For episode 25, we have Hannah and Maggie. Now these two were a real treat to talk to. They are a folk duo. They formed at Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts seven years ago and have been playing music together ever since. They are super talented singers, songwriters, performers, the whole package. They're like my girlfriend's favorite group ever, so we went to see them at a really cool venue in Northampton called The Parlor Room about a year ago, and they sounded so good. So I was delighted when, a year later, I was in the Northampton area visiting family, and Hannah and Maggie agreed to take some time out from their album release tour for their fourth album, Oh No, to be interviewed for the podcast. And we got to do it inside The Parlor Room. I'm so glad the timing worked out, because I was only going to be in the area for a couple weeks. I did, however, end up having some dental work done a few hours before we met, and I still had some Novocaine in me. Uh, So you might notice I didn't enunciate some of my words that well, but I barely had to put a word in. They just had so many interesting insights and stories to share, it made my job very easy. Uh, As always, before we get into the conversation, I'm going to play you a song of theirs first. This is from their latest album, Oh No. The song is called Sarasota. Does this remind you we're only getting older? I was sleeping on your shoulder, fresh off the plane from Sarasota. And at one time I realized we are in love with starting over. We never seem to notice every door that's let the cold in. It was a far cry from over I am a long way from letting go It was a lie sung like a promise It was the rain we saw from dry shores I'm a long way from letting go this I know And I am still getting used to The drive I've done for years now The songs that bring me northbound a summer love at sundown And it was just shy springtime I got the call about your mother The ocean now above her Who says she knows you love her It was a far cry from over I am a long way from letting go It was a lie sung like a promise it was the rain we saw from dry shores I'm a long way from letting go of Nobody mentions The stories get old You wait on the corner for someone You think you still know And all that I know It was a far cry from over I am a long way from letting go It was a lie sung like a promise It was the rain we saw from dry shores I'm a long way from letting go this I know I'm a long way from letting go I am a long way from letting go I'm a long way from letting go this I know So I guess I'll get you guys to introduce yourselves. We have Hannah and Maggie. Hello. Hi. Hi. 
So Shall I say, hello, I am Hannah. Correct. And I am Maggie. <laughs> that way our voices will be known forevermore. Yeah. Um, I figured we'd get started with the origin story. How did you guys come to meet? That's a good question. We both went to Smith College, which is very close by to where we are right now, and we sang in the same a cappella group. Hannah was a year older, is still a year older than I am. Weirdly, that stays the same yeah. year after year. That doesn't um, change over time. No. <laughs> um, and so I, yeah, I auditioned for an a cappella group that Hannah was already in, and we spent the next few years singing collegiate a cappella together. So that was how we Yeah. We met. were really, we were singing together before we were even friends, before we'd even, like, talked or been like, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm so-and-so. Mm-hmm. We already were singing songs. That's true. I remember being very intimidated by Hannah when I first met her. <laughs> I get that a lot. We came, I came to uh, the audition and I was very, very nervous. It was a callback and I, auditions are nerve wracking. I was very nervous. Audition for audition. the acapella group. Yes. Yeah, but I was older and you weren't there yet. So yeah, no, that's I, all. if I, you had been there when I auditioned, I would have been intimidated by you, I'm sure. Well, no, but it's, it's a very, it was a very specific set of circumstances oh, because no. you had just come from an aerobics class, like a like a phys ed gym. That does not class. sound like me. <laughs> no, it's it was, and you were like kind of demonstrating some of the things that you had been doing. Oh my god! And then we all everyone it's like the most exercising I've ever done. <laughs> everyone in the group, like I guess, to calm the new audition people down, we decided to do like a group aerobics. That activity. sounds like something I would initiate. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, it was really nerve wracking. I was trying so hard to focus, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And now I'm doing squats, and all these people are gonna think I'm crazy. And what do I even sing? And <laughs> it was just kind of an unexpected. Uh, that is so weird. Yeah. So is it a big group? The acapella group? Yeah. It was. I mean, it felt like a, a large group at the time. Um, there was only one other person with me that got a call back, um, and the rest was the, the group. But it wasn't. It was, like, t- ranged from 10 to 20 people at any given time. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was a really it was a good experience overall. And you both sang in that for years before you even talked to each other, or how, how long did it no, take? No, we started to be friendly. By the end of Maggie's first year in the group... I mean, like, the origin story that we tell on stage for the band is the... It took place at the end of Maggie's first year, so the end of my sophomore year, when she played this song that we have on our first CD called The Land in the Sea. And I tell this story on stage about how it made me cry so hard, and I just knew right then and there that if someone could write a song like that that affected me so profoundly, maybe I should try to track her down and make music with her. So, yeah, I mean, it's, we were in each other's orbit. And at one point, uh, another girl in the group came up to us and sort of like put her hand on one, each of our, one hand on each of our shoulders and said, you guys have to play guitar together because you both play guitar and I think this would be very cool. Mm-hmm. She still takes full credit for our <laughs> <laughs> musical collaboration. We're like, okay, you just, you can, you can tell yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys started playing guitar together. I mean, you probably from before that your voices blended really well together. Is that something you noticed in the yeah. acapella group? I mean, there's so there's so many kind of big personalities that are drawn to acapella, and I <laughs> <laughs> and everyone is coming from a kind of a shared love of music, but oftentimes it's a very different love of music. So like the fact that we had this very specific aspect of music in common, which is that we both had spent a lot of time writing our own songs and playing guitar. Um, that was not the case for everyone in the group. People mm-hmm. were coming from much different musical backgrounds. So, um, You're coming that, from more of a folk angle? Yeah, just like, yeah, like singer, songwriter, kind of, as much as I don't like leaning on that term. I mean, we, I don't know that anyone else in the group, maybe a couple people, you know, played guitar and, and performed out and stuff like that. And I, it just kind of made sense in a lot of ways. Um, and actually, leading up to that event where I played The Land and the Sea, Hannah had this really beautiful idea that we were going to write a song for the people who were about to graduate as the semester kind of came to an end. And so we spent a little bit of time in a group writing a song, singing a song, writing lyrics. We came up with this song and we played it for them. And that was another moment where I, yeah, I, I really... forget about that. I remember being really moved by the whole experience of it, but like you, what you brought to that kind of like organizing people and, and facilitating the songwriting activity was really, was a lot of fun. I remember mm. thinking it was very <laughs> sweet. When you first started collaborating, what did that look like? Like you tried to write a song together? 
share music and lyrics, that kind of thing? Or We have always had like a very organic, collaborative thing. Um, Maggie applied at some point along the line. There was a Lilith Fair. The concert series was sort of getting revived. And they were going to have shows all over the country and you know they're this supposed to be sort of like a female driven concert environment and they were doing a a competition to see at every tour stop there was going to be like a local opener um that was going to be selected through this like online competition and so maggie had submitted herself to be in the competition i was sort of like soliciting on facebook and stuff for people to vote for her and i saw that and i was like oh she did not <laughs> because I wanted to do it as soon as they found out about it. I thought it was so cool. And so I, I, I asked her for, to out to dinner and I, I sat her down and I was like, I have a proposal. I think we should enter together because we can combine all of our friends and family and have them all vote for us. And hopefully we would do better. And Maggie said yes. And lo and behold, we won the audience voting portion of the competition, although we were not selected by the judges. Mm. And I thank my lucky stars that we weren't because <laughs> we were nowhere near ready. But it was a good impetus for us to sort of, it was the first time we ever went into the studio was we recorded a track that we sort of sat down together and, and collaborated on. A song that came together pretty quickly. quickly. And uh, yeah, so that kind of, from there, we had so much fun going into the studio. We like borrowed money and we we couldn't really pay for it, but we like, we, we, we sat down and we were like, oh my gosh, this is something, this is so fun. This is so special and different from all the other stuff in our lives. From there, like any chance we had to try to sort of collaborate and make music together, we started t t taking them and mm -hmm. investing and time and energy into yeah. it. And that was, I remember that was the end of the spring of a year after I'd gotten into the acapella group. So this was my sophomore year, mm -hmm. Hannah's junior year. And the contest kind of culminated in the summertime. I remember I was already working at a summer camp job when I found out that we did not get selected. And I remember being very, also kind of bummed, but definitely appreciative that we did not, we only had one song. If we had right. had to get on stage at Lilith Fair, it would have probably scarred yeah, me you for barely started playing together yeah potential yeah. for traumatized traumatizing experience was pretty high, pretty high. so <laughs> I'm glad that they saw that I am also glad but anyway so I spent the summer kind of thinking just kind of thinking about this musical partnership and this how much fun it was and we sort of came up with a tentative plan sometime over the summer to record an EP by the end of the fall semester we like tried mm. to keep the momentum going yeah, that was really the start of it. That was kind of the the beginning of us thinking about recording more and writing more. And the next thing we did was we ended up recording a full-length album um, that winter. And yeah, that was kind of how it started. Yeah, well, we were both sitting on a lot of songs. I mean, we'd both been writing songs since we were in middle school. And yeah. we kind of just, that, our first CD was a lot, I would say overall probably less collaborative because it was kind of just to us taking pre-existing songs and reworking them slightly to incorporate the other person as opposed to, you know, as we've gotten, now we've been playing music together for seven years, which is crazy. And our process has, I mean, we, there are still lots of songs that exist even in the modern Hannah and Maggie canon, if you could call it that, <laughs> that um, were written just by one of us or just by the other. But... Over time, you know, we sort of have leaned on each other more in the songwriting process and incorporated each other more. Mm -hmm. I listen to those songs from our first album now, and I think we were so young. We were mm. such little wee Seven lasses. years is a long time. Yeah, yeah. it is. <clears throat> it's the different. Well, yeah. It's like the difference between, you know, 19 and whatever. Whatever. Math. <laughs> 26. <laughs> As you get older, it's easier and easier to forget how old you are exactly yeah so right now you're in the middle of your uh, album release tour for oh no mm -hmm. so how's that going so far the best it's, it's been so magical really fun i feel like we set ourselves up for such a lovely little jaunt because we've been in the most beautiful places we were up in northern vermont and the white mountains in new hampshire and uh, we went over to boston which is like kind of Massachusetts is kind of our home territory because we met here at Smith College <clears throat> in Western Mass. 
It's been so fun. I, it was my birthday, and Maggie. Oh, happy made birthday! Me a, thank you. Maggie made a very special effort for a fun birthday gig and got the whole audience party hats and bubbles, and <laughs> it was so silly <laughs> and fun. It was one of my better birthdays. So yeah, it's been great, and people have been just responding in such a generous, heartfelt way to this new music and. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. the best. <laughs> like, we, just so lovely. Well, yeah, and I think about it also. I mean, we, we've we done a handful of really long, extensive tours. Mm-hmm. Like, we've done national tours where we were gone for three and a half months and, like, lived out of the car and drove to California and up to Seattle and then yeah. back to 13,000 miles Colorado. in two months. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. I mean, days where we would be driving 14 straight hours. Yeah. Not a lot of them in a row, but enough that we were slowly going insane. Yeah. But I think about that, I don't know, I think this this album and this tour specifically have been really indicative of the way that our kind of understanding of how music fits into our lives like our philosophy of productive and enjoyable. Having a music career has changed over time. Yeah, yeah, like I think about those tours is they were, I mean, they were so fun. Perhaps like the, the biggest adventure I have ever been on and my, will ever be on. And it was just such a an important experience for us, like personally and musically and it's important to see the rest of the country, and it was just such a blast. But I think maybe the second and third time around, we realized it wasn't the most sustainable approach. Well, you can only grueling. do that so many times. No, it's <laughs> grueling. I mean, you really do start going crazy after enough hours in the car. I mean, it's hard enough if you have like the tour bus and you know the, the crew. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yes. which we do not. As if, if, if it's just a no crew, no tour bus. We do not have someone to drive yeah. for us. So this, I mean, I think this album. We can talk more about kind of the album itself, but mm-hmm. definitely the, the tour, our goals are very different than they were even two years ago, three years ago. Like we used to play any show anywhere right. for any amount of money, for no money. Um, we just kind of threw ourselves at basically anything any that opportunity presented itself. That came yeah, along, yeah, exactly. Right. And we kind of realized that that was not the best way to do it. And so... Well, we weren't having fun anymore. I mean, the reason we started playing music together is because it's fun. We are best friends. We get a lot out of our friendship and out of playing music. And we kind of turned to each other after we released our third CD in the company of strangers. And we said, what? What's Why going are we on? doing this? Yeah, <laughs> it was really stressful. It was really stressful. Maggie was working in New York City Ooh. and commuting to Jersey. And I, you know, we were both, I was also working in part time in the city. And it's just like a, it, it, it you know, to work five work day, five full work days in a week and then get in your car on a Friday, drive 200 miles, play a gig Friday, play a gig Saturday, come back on, drive home on Sunday, another like three hour drive, and then be back in work on Monday morning and do that every weekend from a mm. month or two or Jeez. three months. Like it really eats your soul away. And it was taking all the joy out of our music, which is, like, what, what is the point? And right. so we kind of sat down. I have such a vivid memory of this conversation. We were like, what can we do? How can we return to a place with our music where we get joy out of it and we get just, you know, fulfillment? And basically we were like, okay, so let's play half as many shows, but each show will be five times as great yeah, on average. Each show counts. Yes, exactly. We're only going to play the kind of shows where we know when we show up that, you know, people are going to listen, not some noisy bar at 11 p.m. on a weeknight or some cafe where some guy is, like, steaming milk for a latte, like, in our ear the whole time. Yelling, 24. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that is not far from the reality. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's been so great. It's been so great. I mean, we have a few venues that we return to. I mean, we've kind of like, I feel like we have a little family of spots that we feel comfortable and we go back to and um, pretty devoted little audience um, here in Western Mass and in New York and just sort of the tri-state region, Northeast in general, and all, all over the place. I mean, when we sent out our rewards for our fundraising campaign, I sent CDs to Australia Ooh. and... Uh, was it the Netherlands, mm-hmm. Belgium? So totally has changed how we approach this whole Hannah and Maggie concept <laughs> project. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the whole business of being a musician has just changed so dramatically in the last 10, 15 years, depending on what you do, like the way you go about gaining a fan base and keeping your fan base and continuing to release music. It's all totally different and it's, it's very different than it was I think in some mm-hmm. ways it's better it's easier to integrate into normal life Well, I'm grateful that we don't have to make our end goal as a band 
you know, eight months on the road every year forever. I feel like that's what it used to mean in a lot of ways to make it is sort of like, okay, you get signed to a big label. They keep up the, you know, the tour bus and the roadies and you get to go travel the world. And as much as I love traveling, I, I'm definitely a wanderer of sorts. Um, I'm also, we both are pretty big homebodies and people who like to be in our own beds at the end of the day. Right. I think our goal to reimagine how this music fits into our lives has been really intentional. And I think in a lot of ways, there was a lot of relief for me personally once once we had that conversation about like, let's steer the ship back to like joy and happiness and fulfillment. Yeah. Because I think it was really important for us to like work our asses off and, and tour nationally and, and do everything in our power to really just like go, go, go and, and create and produce and just show up and, and try to achieve this goal of, of success or, or I guess get, get to the place we always imagined. Um, but I mean, I think the internet makes things incredibly easy. Like even in the last couple of years, the, the ways that we can reach people have, have expanded in Absolutely, such an exponential yeah. way. Yeah, and so that, I mean, we've done those things where we do a concert from our own, from like Maggie's living room right. and we just broadcast it online and people, I, those things kind of feel like a lie. Like you're, we're just sitting in front of the computer <laughs> and literally like people will send you money uh, like, and, and we're like, wait, we just made $200 <laughs> in this half an hour <laughs> sitting in front of the computer, like playing songs. Like we would have been playing songs anyway in this room where a computer is. Right. And like, it just, it's crazy. I mean, it's great. And, and I would have said, you know, that kind of stuff is like, whatever, who cares? And then, but people come up to us at a show. Like we had a girl this, this week in New Hampshire said, oh, I just moved to the East coast. I was living in California. I have always wanted to see you live. Like I remember those concert window, con- like those those live streaming concerts were like I loved when you would do that because I would get to see you. Yeah. And we were like, what? We had <laughs> we thought like ten people were watching that, but you know she was one of those ten people. Yeah. Maybe it was more than ten, but I think it's 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 really a gift to be able to do all the things we want to do in addition to music and not instead of music and not in spite of music. It just it can all happen together, which is something that I wasn't quite sure of like a couple of years ago. I kind of felt like we had to work until we were able to play full time and kind of sustain our lives and our livelihood with music. And Hannah and I often talk about how lucky we feel to have a wide variety of things we're interested in and things we're passionate about. So it was kind of an easy call to be like, we're not going to work towards this kind of blind goal of like making it. I'm using air quotes right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we, we've already made it in a lot. Like we, we have this amazing gift in our lives where we show up to like a little listening room in New York City and so many people from different parts of our lives like show up and make time to come and celebrate that with us. And well, just that's to share space amazing. is so magical and to share that attentive energy is so, it's such a gift. Yeah. I think when we gave ourselves permission to take meaning from our career, even if our career hadn't quote unquote sort of... Um, you know, Maggie said, you know, the idea of making it or being discovered. I think like the first few years we were doing this, we were really operating under this sort of like trajectory. Yeah. Where it was like, okay, like this doesn't, our music doesn't mean anything unless all of a sudden many, many more people decide to care about it. And basically, uh, you know, when we just sat down and said, okay, what if all we ever get out of our music is showing up at these sort of small meaningful spaces and making connections with people through music. And that's can that be enough? That sounds Amazing. great. <laughs> yeah, and that, and we were like, "Oh, you know what? That can be enough." Uh, and in fact, sometimes I think about you know, like I said before, like that concept of making it big and being on the that that might be too much. <laughs> and maybe yeah, a maybe, lot of people reach that point and then they their lives get a lot harder. <laughs> right, exactly. And I feel like uh, I've re- we've reached a point with our music where it is sustaining us in such a magical way. Like I would say our music career just adds to my life. I don't feel drained by it the way I used to or have in the past. And it's liberating to not be, I mean, we have a lot of friends who are trying to, who are still in like, you know, the constant push, 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 waiting for some kind of validation of all their efforts for someone to say, all right, you know what? You are you are like <laughs> you are doing a good job and we just were just you know like we just gave ourselves just like you, a space to say we don't need someone to tell us that we're yeah. just going to be present with these magical musical moments that we sometimes have the great pleasure and privilege of making and the rest is all 
cherries on yeah. the Sunday of life. <laughs> nice, Hannah. Sounds <laughs> like a great mindset to have. Well, you know, I do have my moments where I'm like, wow, if we had actually quit all of everything else and put all of our heart and soul into this, would we be in a different place right now? Maybe. But you could say but that about anything in That's your life. true. That's yeah. exactly true. And we don't want to be doing just one thing. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I think about Tori and all of the moments that are so special to me. I think about, like, staying with a friend I haven't seen in two years after a show in a city that I don't normally travel to. Yeah. I think about, like, chatting with folks after the show of, like, seeing people in the crowd and recognizing them and being like, oh, my God, we played at their wedding. Or, like, the last time we saw them, they didn't have a child. Or, like... Those yeah. people came up to us after That's, the show. Those things have all happened. It's so crazy. Yeah, and just thinking if, if for example, we were in a different kind of tier of, of the music world and we traveled to and from shows on a tour bus that had tinted windows and we showed up and we walked in the back door, we got on stage yeah. and then we left through the back door. It's like, a lot more lonely. Oh, my god! All of those things. Yeah, would, that's so I, true when you say them. it like that. Or Billy Joel style, you get on your, your helicopter out on the end of Long Island you basically land on the roof of Madison Square Garden in your helicopter, go on stage, sing, yeah. and go home. On yeah. People who live like that tend to start hitting the booze pretty hard. Well, I yeah, mean, I just think uh, to not know <clears throat> the people who time and again show up for you, I just it would it would feel like yeah. such a sterile, so impersonal, weird experience. So I'm like so grateful for that. We had this like really beautiful, sweet kind of gathering after a show in New Hampshire and, and met these amazing people. And we were just like standing in the middle of a cafe, like as the place was shutting down. And I was almost like moved to tears. It was just like, how is it possible that time and again, we get to meet the sweetest, kindest people who mm. take time out of their lives to like come to the show and like chat with us. And it's true. It, I just like, I'm honestly, I, I hesitate to say it out loud, but I am very amazed at how little in seven years on the road we have not like been heckled or like even on Given youtube which is like the land of the <laughs> trolls like people like don't people i mean sometimes just, people are like are these boys or girls and then i'm like uh, okay you're an idiot but <laughs> but but uh, but like you I, I think that's all another negative that comes with more visibility is like you get more scrutiny you, you, you get more scrutiny you may get more love but i think you get more hate too mm -hmm. i don't know we're kind of at a sweet spot where like all these magical things that we get to do people are just like just nice. just overflowing with love for us i mean we're gonna go to a place tonight it's a mm -hmm. yoga retreat where we're like the saturday night entertainment and this has become a regular gig we've probably done this like eight or nine oh, times oh is that kripalu yes mm -hmm. at kripalu okay. it's a beautiful place plug for kripalu if, if you if you have the time and ability to go there i think but, my dad goes there <laughs> yeah a lot of like dads and moms go there it's very <laughs> It's a very <laughs> 40 and up crowd. But, okay, so we stay the night at this place, um, and, you know, people come up to us throughout the entire evening and morning at breakfast and just tap us on the shoulder, and they're like, oh, we love you guys. That was so great last night. And, of course, it's a yoga retreat, so everyone's very chill and very happy and zen. And they're just like, they come up to you, and they, like, will bow and be like, thank you. And you're like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, what kind of crap is that? It's amazing. It amazing. And we just get it all, I feel like we pulled one over on everyone. It's yeah. like all we have to do to justify our presence at that beautiful place is sing some songs, which we would be doing anyway. We love singing songs. Yeah. And even, and even, and this is the last thing I'll say about touring. <laughs> even we're leaving here and we're going to play at a graduation party for someone whose father works at Smith College who we, we both had at Smith. Mm -hmm. I had As a professor. One of my last semesters, I took a class with him that changed my life. And he's been so kind and their family has been so supportive and they sit in the front row of this venue every time we play. And they asked us to come like be a part of the afternoon. And I like that is, I just can't. I mean, those are the kind of things I want to do with my time. Those are the kind of, like, performance spaces that I want to be a part of. And I want to, like, eat pie in their backyard and, mm -hmm. like, give them all hugs. And, like, you I don't get to do happen. that. Mm -hmm. I think that is going to happen. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That makes me so happy. So the new album, Oh No. Yes. For you guys, where does it stand in your catalog? Has your sound evolved, do you think? Like, what kind of new things did you did you try out for this release? I have been thinking a lot about how this album kind of relates to the other things that we've like created and mm -hmm. put out. Um, I think one of the defining characteristics of this whole process has been this really unrecognizable patience on our end <laughs> in the studio. I mean, our first album came together in five days. 
for example, and it was just kind of we made a it long was a mad to-do dash. list. It was go go go. Yeah, it was, oh, just, yeah. Yeah. It was like every day we knew how many hours we had in the studio and we knew what we had to have done by the end of each day. And, and it, it was, was like by the fifth day, if it wasn't done, like that was it. We couldn't afford more studio time. Right. And this we when I think about how many times we we showed up and Hannah and I don't live in the same place so I'm based in Western Mass but Hannah lives in Queens right and so anytime we come together it's kind of this very sweet little reunion and it's just like hey how are you what's new how was your week how was your month um, but also very we have to use our time with a lot of purpose and mm-hmm. intention because right. we don't have a lot of time when we're in the same room at the same to time. rehearse or to get things together so I just think about you know the first time we recorded we the first session we booked for this album compared to the last session when we finished the album. I mean... First of all, they were over a year apart. Oh, they were well over a year apart. Well over a year apart. Yeah. Um, and and our lives so had... much changed in our lives yeah. as, as the process went on in, like, very dramatic, very painful ways in a lot of mm. cases. Um, and the music, I mean, I've said this a lot. This has kind of been my go-to line about this album has just you know, from the beginning to the end of the process, our own perspective on our own music, at least I can speak for myself, changed so drastically because songs that I had written meaning one thing as I went through, I I mean, I could say I went through a breakup and uh, I went through some, some difficult sort of moving and rearranging of my belongings in life. And uh, these songs that I had intended to mean one thing, as I returned to them <laughs> to add, you know, literally as we returned to the studio to add the strings or to add the woodwinds or to add harmonies, it was like each visit to the studio, the song meant something totally new mm. and different. And um, some of the songs are like very prophetic in a way, like they seem to almost portend the the can I say shit that was coming down the line? The stuff that was coming down the line um, for us that we may, we're we're not necessarily aware of, but sort of our, our subconsciouses, I feel like we're trying to prepare us. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. I mean, when I think about the fact, the title track, Oh No, I mean, that song I wrote just kind of reflecting on how, how much things had changed and, and like coming up on living in Northampton for three years mm-hmm. and, and reflecting on like what parts of my life were different than they were before and how I had been prepared and, and everything. I wrote all that also before I had some like pretty significant life changes and moved out of Northampton and also went through a breakup. And, you know, there's a track where like I say, did you know I moved away a month ago? And then like, and then I moved. <laughs> and like, <laughs> But when you wrote seems- that line, you were not planning to move. No, it was it totally... Self-prophecy there. Yeah, it's weird. It was like I've said, you know, I feel like in some ways we were writing the songs that our future selves would need to process um, all the stuff that we were, were sort of trying to process, which was just a lot of growing up and a lot of... I mean, the thing about going through a big breakup or going through a big move is you start talking to people about it and everyone has a story of when their heart was broken. And I feel like in some ways we're just like checking off. If if people if you can make a bucket list before your death of like all the good things you want to do, I think there's also a sort of like shadow bucket list that goes alongside of it that's like hmm. all the bad stuff that eventually happens to most people if you stay on the earth long enough. And... Like, it's like, you know, losing someone you love, uh, going through some kind of terrible uh, betrayal or heartbreak or pain or relocating in some major way. I mean, these things are not the things that people would talk about as like, oh, yeah, you got to do that in a lifetime. But like most people do do do. all that stuff in a lifetime. And I feel like it really contributes to being a a more mature, more empathetic and thoughtful person. And uh, even though it has been painful, I have gratitude in some ways that to have experienced sort of a broader swath of the human experience and to come back to our music with that new knowledge and sort of awareness and see our own creation in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it feels like a privilege almost, even though it's been a journey that I wouldn't want to repeat mm, yeah. <laughs> or would not willingly have opted into if you'd asked me at the beginning. So, yeah. But it all ends up informing your songwriting. Yeah, and I think, I mean, stepping back from the emotional facet of it, which is like 85% of it, I think something that I learned this time around that I notice all the time is that I feel like I was a lot more thoughtful in writing songs that I could 
play. And that might... Oh, yeah. That sounds kind of funny, but I, we've, we've recorded so many songs that we never play live because either... Um, they came together in a mad mm-hmm. dash in a studio. Yeah. You know, maybe the, the main component is a cello, you know, a quartet that we overdubbed and can never possibly replicate live. Mm-hmm. Right. We get um, really carried away when we're recording because yeah. we want to record like the ultimate dream yeah, version of the song, even if it's impossible not to, it is, right. if it's impossible to replicate live. Yeah. And I remember just thinking when I was writing the songs, being very conscious of the fact that like we've always talked about having an album that we could play live start to finish. And I think we are. We did that with this album. We um, probably we, ten or eleven of the fourteen songs we are able to and have been playing in shows, yeah. which right. is exciting because we when people come to me after a set and they say because we have a f- four CDs now and they look at our CDs they're like whoa what should I get and I'm like well tonight we played mostly songs from the new album which is nice yeah. Yeah. we have not been able to always say that yeah and I and I think too I mean I think I spent a lot of time as I said I, I came to that acapella group feeling very. Um, not insecure, but just very aware of the fact that like I did not have the kind of musical backbone that a lot of people did. And I, my voice has a very specific range and I, I identify way more as a guitar player than a singer. So really, yeah. Like if I, I mean, Hannah and I kind of have this funny thing where like, I like, I cannot just sing on stage. Like if if I don't, if Maggie doesn't have something to play with her hands, she won't do the song. No. So like if there's a song that I really want to do but Maggie doesn't really have a clear role yet, I like really mm. have to be like, Maggie, you should write a guitar part so that we'll play it live. Because if you don't she's like <laughs> even Can't the get a shakers. Tambourine or something? You don't like to do the shakers. I don't like the shakers. <laughs> no, she doesn't just, like the percussion either, because I always do shakers. But, yeah. yeah. I just feel like I I learned to sing because I played the guitar and I, like the two are kind of inextricably tied together. So and that is not true for me. I'm definitely a singer first, and I learned to play the guitar so that I could accompany myself somehow. So we came at that in a very different way. Yeah. But, but I would say, like, I feel like I've been so inspired by your guitar playing to be a better guitar player. Hmm. And I think you've gotten to be so much more confident as a singer. And I appreciate s- And that. I think you have, like, a broader skill set and range than you, Thank you did when we met, for sure. I appreciate that. Well, I, I do, and I think a lot of it has to do with really honing in on what feels comfortable to sing. Like a lot of these songs really rely on like trends and little hooks and, and bits and pieces that I know for a fact, like my voice is capable of, mm. of mm. Well, it's like when we know ourselves better than we yeah. ever have. You start to be able to write in a way that suits your own voice more. Yes, yeah. but that would have never occurred to me even in the past. I, I would say I was just, I've just been writing a new song this week and that very thing has been on my mind a lot of like, okay, like I want this to be in a sweet spot for my voice so mm-hmm. that every time we play it, I can know, like, I'm going to nail that thing. Which you did a really good job, I meant to tell you. Thank you. That recording that you sent me, is, <laughs> it sounds... Well, you know what it does? It was so... I literally started crying on the streets of Northampton listening to this <laughs> song, <laughs> which so I... And I, 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 wa- I was, like, walking past a bunch of people, and I was listening to it on my phone. I didn't have headphones, so I just had, like, the, the butt end of my iPhone up against my head listening to it, and I actually, like, had my shirt over my <laughs> face because I was walking past people on the street, and I was crying. So and I... You know what it was? I... Hannah, Hannah is writing this really sweet, like sincere, simple, but incredibly powerful song. And it sounds like, it sounds like you recorded it like years ago. Like there's something about your voice that is very, it's like you're reaching back into a place that we used to be in, but like we're not there anymore. And it's just like, it feels like time travel and it's so sweet and it's like nostalgic in this very specific way. And it does like sit like right in the pocket of your voice. And I think that it's very easy to write songs that you just like do stuff that you just can't do. But like when you know your voice well enough and you know your ability well enough, I think you can just make it more enjoyable for yourself and for the people who are listening because it sucks to hear a song that (laughs) someone can't sing. Well, we definitely have songs now where I'm like, gosh, like I would have done this a little differently if I had really given some serious thought to the fact that sometimes I might get on stage and not be in the place that I can do that. You know, like if it's a song that's a stretch for me or we have songs that you even you're like, gosh, I would not have written this this way now Mm -hmm. because it's not really comfortable to do. I mean, I think that's part of this whole thing. Like, I I, I think that for me, the thing that sets Oh No apart so much is just I feel like this is our first CD we've made as an adult. Like, I feel like an adult now in a way that I've never felt Mm. like an adult. Or as I usually say, I feel like a grown up um, because I work with kids. And I do not identify as an adult. But well. It helps to work with but kids because yeah, they yeah. see me as an adult too. But I also just feel like on the other side of all this sort of chasm of change and um, personal growth, 
which has been painful, um, that I just know myself better than I ever have. And I think that plays into what we've been talking about, about writing music that suits ourselves. Um, and I just know what I like more. I mean, I just, as I said, I had my birthday this week, and my friend also had his birthday. We were talking. We're both Geminis, and we love to, you know, dig deep into a conversation that lasts into the wee hours. And he was telling me that when you turn, you know, when you're in your late 20s, that you're, like, neurologically, he's a teacher, and he's done all this work, but he's like, you know, neurologically, you really start to settle into who you are. You know yourself better. You know better what you're capable of, what you like, and that gives you a sense of purpose and, a dire- and direction that is kind of lacking when you're in your early to mid-20s. And You're still impressionable. Yeah, well, and you're still mm-hmm. trying to figure out who you are. I mean, so much, like literally your brain is still sort of forming and, you know, the contours are getting settled. And uh, as you are, you know, into your late 20s and early 30s, ah, uh, scary. Um, <laughs> you know, you conceivably are sort of settling into yourself as a person. And I would say... When he, when he articulated that, I was like, you know, yeah, I feel that. I think I'm definitely figuring more. I know I, I went to my 10-year high school reunion, and I was walking in these familiar halls thinking, God, I did not know myself in high school. That's what makes it so hard to be young. It's like not only are you trying to figure yourself out, but everyone around you is trying to figure themselves out. And it's like a freaking mess. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting? I can relate to that a lot, and there's a... a facet of it for me which is almost like an inverted version of that which is that I had a moment this week where I was like sitting on the front steps of my house I live out in Leverett which is like it's a little it's teeny up in the tiny. hills it's up in the hills there's no sidewalks there's rural. no cell phone service there's it's no stores rural. there's yeah, no that's out there yeah it's 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 definitely a, a specific environment to occupy and I was like sitting on my steps and was like listening to a river like run past my house. Oh, her and house like the is so wind pretty. was blowing. It's ridiculous. And I there was music like coming through the windows and like I just was overwhelmed with this feeling that like I always knew that this was gonna happen to me. And like I mm. always knew that I was gonna like You're in the right that. place. Yeah, and I never knew how it was gonna happen and I didn't know when it was gonna happen, but I just knew that like at some point I would find myself like feeling content and like warm and like good and sweet and <sighs> curious and just settled. I love that and, so much. And I couldn't have told you how it was going to occur, but I, I just like things kind of settled in this way where I was like, oh my God, I knew it. I freaking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> and you like, I'm so lucky. Crazy. I feel so lucky. And, and again, like in contrast with the, like the, the shit show that unfolded for us, like last summer and into the fall, like, and feeling so, um, kind of rocked out of a foundation, Unmoored. not willingly. Um, and to know that like, it's possible to land and to be happy about it and to be grateful for it, even though it's like Hannah said, it's not what you would have expected. Yeah. I kind of feel like I hope that our music, like I hope you could come to the new, to this album uh, without knowing all this and kind of have that journey a little bit just by listening to the music. I, I can't, I have no idea if you could, cause it's impossible for me to hear this music for the first time. And in fact, I'm like, I've heard it so many times <laughs> that it's loaded with a million meanings that I'm putting on it, of course. But, um, you know, my friend was, uh, or I'd been sort of like trying to piece together like a little sleuth on social media if uh, some sort of distant friends that I have are breaking up. Because this time <laughs> last year I broke up and I did not, I was not public about it in like on the internet. You know, you don't Good go. move. I, well, yeah, I didn't go make a status like she left me and I'm all alone or anything. Um, it was very much like I talked to my friends about it in real life and I just kind of like went radio silent. And that's kind of what's happening to these friends that I have. And I'm like, trying to like follow their social media presence and like piece together what's going on with them. And um, (laughs) we could just call and ask, but I know it's so I'm such a creepy, weird person. Um, Gosh, I really had a point when I started telling this anecdote and I've completely lost track of where I was going with it. I don't know. What were we talking about? We were talking about how I always knew that I would be happy one day. (laughs) Oh no. And I, Oh, where I was going with this is I want to send him the album. I want to send my friend the album and be like, Hey, 
I don't know what's going on with you, but I feel like it might be what was going on with me this time last year. And that sucked. And something that helped me then was writing this music and making this music. And like now when people tell me they're going through something, I want to be like, here's our CD. (laughs) This will help you. It helped me. And I hope it will help you because it really did help me. I mean, we were, as I said, you know, we were recording all throughout these very dark times. And like I would have really awful weeks where I was sitting alone in my apartment that I used to share with my ex who I lived with for almost eight years and we were together for a long time and it was a big change and I had to learn to be alone and it sucked and then I would meet up with Maggie on the weekends we were playing lots of shows during the summer traveling and it was like little by little sort of those trips to our musical life out of my sad breakup life in New York kind of put me back together and Mm -hmm. sort of helped write my very tilted ship that I was trying to struggling to Mm. find a harbor for. And I feel that we, I have found a harbor for it. I mean, I, I'm in a new relationship and it really feels like such a full circle moment to be releasing the album when it came together over such a long period of time. And it just seems to sort of like reflect all this I'm glad we can point at this one physical thing that exists. Yeah. That's the CD and be like, okay, that in some way or another is sort of like a catalog of this time. Yeah. I certainly will never be able to hear these songs and and not think of all this craziness. Right. Yeah. It's like a journal. In, yes, it is. it is in a way. And I remember coming home to all the CDs had been delivered to my house and it was like box after box after box after box of these CDs and I opened all of them and I just, it it felt like it had been sent from like ourselves a year ago. Like it was, it was like a really, message in a bottle. Kind yeah. Of it was, it was this really moving and everything. It was like from like the, the, t- the tracks, like the titles of the songs, the album art, like all of it kind of came together as this relic of a different time. And at that point when they arrived, I, I really started to feel like I had gotten my footing again. And I was just like, Oh my God, like this, this is what it means to kind of get through something. Like you you have to help yourself and you have to lean on support from other people. And it was, like Hannah is saying, it was this very um, tangible kind of result of all of this kind of craziness happening and being like, oh my God, okay, like what's next? Like we can kind of move forward and move on. And, and yeah. Do you ever wonder how people who don't make art like process stuff? <laughs> yes, they I They watch Netflix. <laughs> I, I watch Netflix too, but... They watch more Netflix. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I do wonder. I wonder about that a lot. I, don't know. I like, think maybe we spend more time like pondering our own selves than the average person. Oh God! Like I, literally, well, that's someone, kind of the role of an artist. Someone had to tell me once that there are people there out in the world who don't like think about their own existence. Like they, they that people live basically unexamined lives, and like that was news to me. I'm such a, mm-hmm. I'm, such a I'm such a gut thinker. I'm, I, like, I, I'm always just, uh, even as a little kid, my dad always used to say, you know, like one time we went camping when we were, when I was like five, and I was like sitting looking at a an expanse mountain range. We were camping up out, out in this area, actually, up by Brattleboro in Vermont. And, and he came over, and I was just sitting there looking at the view, and he was like, hey, what's going on? Are you all right? And I was just like, dad, the world is a beautiful place. <laughs> and I'm so... <laughs> This is so, I love being here. Like, this is great. And that was, like, as a five-year-old. Like, I, yeah. I just feel like this is... I'm so grateful to have music as an outlet for that feeling. So much of our music really is just, like, us it's being like, feeling. wow, the world is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, so much of our driving around the country has been us just, like, rolling down all the windows, like, putting our heads out and out the window like a freaking dog and being like, this is beautiful, <laughs> like, yeah. shouting to the to the rooftops and the mountains and the clouds. Well, that's a, I think about the spectrum of my own like emotional capacity and I do believe it's something I thought about when we were making this album. I have the I believe in my heart that I have been like given this like gift of like experiencing extreme joy at like I'm like the king of small pleasures. I'm just like, "Oh my god, coffee in the morning? Hell yeah." Like, <laughs> open that window. I love the wind. You know, it's just That's like, a good attitude <laughs> for being so, on tour. <laughs> That's I think it's why we, we get along well. Yeah, so we're we, just we both very are kind of like easily that. pleased, but at the same time I'm very easily like shaken to my core and like I am very uh, easily like kind of blown over by by feelings of like loss or heartache or 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 sadness and and I I as I get older I just kind of have learned to like kind of wrap my arms around all of it and just be like this is who I am and this is what I am gonna do and I feel things a lot I feel intensely I feel everything and 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 I have to say folks who who don't have like a creative outlet I I'm not sure what that feels like but I do know that a lot of people who we've met through our music like who come to shows 
are not musicians and like feel those feelings through other music and like well, that's yeah. true actually and yeah. really are like you know what I have a terrible voice like I drive my family crazy singing along to music in the car but like this music like I feel music in a way that like I can articulate and it's so important to me and like I think that's, that's processing important. and reflecting yeah. and that's so that's a gift in itself for sure that's true I do a lot of processing through other people's music now that you say that mm-hmm. All right, guys, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad <laughs> oh you could gosh. make time for me. Wow, thanks, thanks for giving us an opportunity. This is, it's like our therapist's couch. It is. <laughs> this has really been very lovely. What a treat. Uh, good luck on your show tonight. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Yoga retreat. All right, that was Hannah and Maggie. Aren't they great? They are doing it right. Just goes to show how good attitude, talent, and hard work really go a long way. If you liked this episode of Talking About the Passion, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are also appreciated. Sign up for the Niagara Moon mailing list if you want to get weekly updates both for the podcast and for Niagara Moon. Go to niagaramoonmusic.com and scroll down to enter in your email address. You can find the podcast on Facebook, punch in Talking About the Passion, also on Twitter at TATP Podcast, and Instagram at Niagara Moon Music. If you would like to write to me with suggestions, questions, or comments about the podcast, you can email tatppodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Talking About the Passion is the Niagara Moon song Pantheon Bar off my recent album Eating Peaches. Going to play another song off the new album now. This is the title track, Oh No. Thank you for tuning in, and I will see you next Wednesday. Say we go now I'm so Oh, I don't know I'm just so careful now How do I find What this reminds me of When nothing looks the way it looked The day I'm thinking of Where does the time go? Where does the time go? So what, so what, what do you think we know now? Held up, so stuck, we're just too careful now How do I find what this reminds me of When nothing looks the way it looked the day I'm thinking of Where did the time go? Where did the time go? You alone in the bedroom I was out like the full moon Hard to say if I reach you Don't nothing looks the 
thinking of Where did the time go? Where did the time